Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? What's happening? I'm back, I'm back, welcome back. I'm getting started. I'm getting ready. So, <clears throat> I want to bring a, a quick little reaction kind of episode. Uh, similar to my, like, my quick reactions after, you know, uh, after playoff games that I've been doing uh, a few times uh, since the playoffs have started. I've done this a couple of times. Um, so, and, and, and Steph's performance, I wanted to get to that. I wanted to talk about that and give you guys a quick reaction before Wednesday's episode drop. Um, because I know the game, game, I know game five comes on Monday. So that'll be two games to be played, uh, before my next episode comes out. So I want to get an episode out, uh, before game five so you guys can have a little bit of you know so i can bring a little bit more consistency uh to you guys but i want to talk obviously we're going to talk about game four uh and i'm not and like i said i'm not going to spend a long time but i want to talk about game four and i mean obviously like i said steph remarkable performance um boston once again when there when the expectations were high where it looked as if they could have take they like they easily could have won this game and take a commanding three games to one lead over the Warriors, they fall short. So we're gonna talk about and we're gonna break down uh, uh, every little thing. Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna break down this thing with Game Four and look ahead to Game Five. So without further ado, uh, you know, I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Uh, shouts out to all the regular listeners. Shouts out to all the first-time listeners. Shouts out to everybody that's listening. Uh, greatly appreciate you guys. Greatly, great, greatly, greatly appreciate it. These NBA Finals have been awesome. This series is really good, and I think. And I, this is this is my. I've been developing new thoughts every game. Every game I develop new thoughts. Every game I come up with something new uh, and fresh with this series. And I think this 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 distinct this, this, this couple things. There's a couple things that I have after Game Four. Not it didn't take me game. It didn't take me until Game Four to see it. But now that we're four games in, both teams have won two games, so both teams have split, uh, and we're dead stuck even right now. Boston is clearly. I'm not gonna say clearly the better team, but Boston has better Boston has more two-way talent than Golden State. Boston has more two-way talent and they're getting a little bit more consistent offensive production from their guys, from the others. Some from the Al Horfords, the Derek Whites, the Marcus Smarts. They're getting more offensive production from their others. And honestly, they have more two-way talent than Golden State. Boston has more they have they have way more they have way more two-way talent than Golden State. With Golden State, I think the main one of the main things that I have kept them in this series and that have and I think the reason why they they still have a chance to win this series is because unlike Boston, Golden State, I think their execution of their game plans have been a little bit better. Um, I think Golden State is a little bit more savvy 
they have been they have used their savviness um and their level of experience to win these type of games in the finals i think game 4 was a little bit of a testament to that with their execution in certain stretches um this just there's been there's been so so many key stretches where golden state has just has they just had better execution and a lot of that comes from their coach their players their guys have just been here and coming into the series we knew that but i think it's been such it's been such a huge factor as to why golden state has been able to win two games in this series and as I, and it could be a reason why i think they can win this series so both teams have something on top of they have some they have some type of advantage on on, on the other now is boston two way and like i said golden state their level of an understanding of how to weather the storm and how to win games i think has propelled them to a two, you know, a tie so far after after game four. With Boston, like I said, they're two way talent. They have way, they have more two way talent, and they're, they're getting a little bit more consistent offensive production. Can Boston find a way to execute down the stretch of certain games? Because in the fourth quarter, and and honestly, in the fourth quarter of this series, which is a little bit surprising, Boston has been pretty good. But game four, they had a bad fourth quarter offensively and some they had some defensive letdowns on defense too on fourth in the fourth quarter. So in the, in, in the fourth quarter of game four, they did not play as well as they have been in this series. So can Boston find a way to execute better than Golden State? Can they find a way to execute their game plan, what they want to do In the future of this series, can they do it? Can they do it and down the stretch? Can they do it in critical stretches and runs in this series? And with Golden State, are they going to be able to get more production from guys like Clay Thompson? You know, Clay Thompson's had a his his shooting performance in this series been uh, it's been it's been hit or miss. Jordan Poole, uh, like Jordan Poole, I thought he came in in the first. I thought he came in in Game Four and gave some really good minutes offensively, especially in the first half. Ten points in the first half. So can Golden State find some type of offensive spark um, from some from other places outside of Steph Curry? Because Steph Curry, honestly, he's had a great series. He's had a he's had a phenomenal series, and I think I don't I don't think there's no argument for this. He's absolutely been the best player on the floor in this series in the Finals MVP. So that's a given. Steph giving you what he's giving you that's a given. Now he took his game to the next level by scoring 43 points and i think the fashion that he did it is even more phenomenal not it's not just 43 like oh we're like steph can get 43 with the way he shoots the ball like we're not surprised that steph can get 40 but it's the i think it's the fashion that he did it and like the stage everything behind it and that's what i want to talk about i think this is this is where the nba this is one of the nba's like this is one of the NBA's golden charms because in basketball, an individual player can have a tremendous impact on the game, on one game, one individual player in football. That's not always the case in football. There's, there's other variables and, and other, you know, other sides of the ball that like, but a basketball uh, individual player can dictate 
the amount of team success more than players or individual player in in other sports. That's the like no matter how great Mike Trout is, like Mike Trout has been great for years, but the Angels have stunk. It's because you know pitching, <laughs> other other people got to hit the ball. Like so, there's just other variables that go into, uh, you know, Mike Trout and his team having more success than just Mike Trout being great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mike Trout was great. He's been great for years, but uh, you know the Angels. That there's other variables that go into or that dictate team success in basketball. There's other variables too, but depending on how great a player is, he can overcome and it and he can his individual performance can dictate the amount of success more than in other sports, as I've said. And I think when we see these great players have these type of performances where some adversity, um, where their backs are against the wall. Even the like, and I mentioned like the all-time great players. Even when they're not even playing at their best, at certain moments like this, you see adversity back against the wall. They're trying to weather the storm, and they have to take their play to an extra level. And I think that's the greatness. And I think that I think it's I think that's why we love the NBA so much because we get to see these individual performances. From these individual players, these all-time great players, and we just see them rise above adversity, rise above their challenges, rise above it, rise above lack of talent on their teams, on their on their particular teams, and they they propel to the top. I think I think one of the best performances I've seen uh, with my own two eyes that I've seen and. I think it's probably one of the best games, if not the best game of his career. LeBron James, game six, 2012 Eastern Conference Finals. He goes into Boston and Miami. You know, it looks like Boston's going to win the series. Boston's up 3-2. They're at home. Miami just, they, 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 they have lost, you know, at home in game five. And it just looks as if, like, you know, Miami, this thing is, this thing is, the sink is going to ship. The, the, the sink is going, the, the ship is going to sink. And LeBron just takes his game to the next level. LeBron, I, that at that point, that was probably LeBron's best type of basketball. At that point, at that point in his career, at two thousand two thousand twelve, like that was the best game of his career, and it probably, probably still remains. Um, not you know maybe not his best, but one of his best certainly. And he just took his game to the next level. I don't even know. And sometimes these guys don't even know that they can take it to that level, but then they take it there and it's like, it's phenomenal. So that's just one example. And there's other examples, countless examples throughout NBA history where, where individual players put on these individual performances that are just absolutely special. And they have so much riding on it. And with Steph Curry in game four, that was one of those times. That was one of the moments where, you know, I think, like I said, Boston has more two-way talent, so the 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 stack the, the deck is kind of stacked stacked against him, uh, and this is kind of like one of the first times with for Steph, like the deck is stacked against him. They're coming off a game three loss. Boston is at home. Boston, you know, they get out. Boston got out to a really good start in the first quarter, and I think, 
after that 11 to 4 start in the first quarter after that start and they take out auto, auto porter they they because the auto porter started the game the warriors went small but then after that run they took out auto porter and they bring in Kevon Looney their original starting five um from the previous games Steph started to start Steph started to go berserk and I, and when the Celtics took that first time out and Steph had hit two back-to-back threes, and he was he was talking to the crowd, talking to the Celtics bench. That was the moment we should have known that we was in for a long night. That was the moment where we should have known that they was in for a long night. That was the moment. That was the moment. And with 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 Steph. I mean, the performance that he was able to put on, 43 points and 10, uh, and I think it's the fashion because Boston has been playing nick and tuck, and we know how great defensively Boston is. We know how great they are. But I think, and and, and also, we, we can, we can Boston, I think, especially in the fourth quarter, because I went back and long, watched a little bit of the fourth quarter, Boston had a lot of letdowns. They had a lot of letdowns in the fourth quarter, um, where Steph just got and and, and at by this point doesn't didn't really it didn't really matter what the the Celtics did. At this point, Steph had had it going. He had had a big third quarter. Um, so at this point, it's like the house is burning down. The house is caught on fire. You got to get the kids. You got to get the family out. You got to get the family out of the house because the, the house is burning. The house is on fire. You got you got to get the kids and because because Steph was already on point Steph was already hot he was on fire so at that point there was really no turning back for Boston but I think even 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 with that the Celtics meltdown on offense and but on both sides of the ball quite frankly was just astonishing to watch and it goes into my point of the Warriors and and key important stretches um down the stretch of these games the Warriors have been the better execute like they have been the team that have better executed their stuff. I think they have had better execution. Simple as that. With with with, and it shows with their savviness. Like I said, experience. But Boston, even with their talent advantage, they still find a way to have these hiccups and these letdowns. And it goes back to what I was saying after game two. I think sometimes with Boston, they are, they're kind of like, like I said, they're allergic, not allergic to prosperity, but they're a victim of their own success. Because I think Boston, a lot of times, they, they, when they experience success, they sometimes have a, have a hard time identifying What's the reason for the success? I think some, I, and, and it, it, you you would think like it would be so easy, but like sometimes you are, sometimes you become a victim of your own success, and you have to ask yourself, what is the cause for this success? What is the reasoning for this success? And and Boston sometimes struggles to identify what's the reason for this for the success. And I talked about that after their game two loss. Sometimes they struggle with that. And I'll say this too, as an important key, like key factor, Robert Williams in his availability in this series 
could very well be one of the more determining factors and factoids in this series. When Rob Williams is in the game, his defensive presence and his impact is clear. It is clear as day. He has great impact on on the Celtics, like defensively. And it, you, like if you look at his numbers, like you look at his numbers, six points. He's averaging six points, six rebounds in this series. But his athleticism and his rim protection has been phenomenal. Um, and his it's given the Warriors, especially their perimeter players, like Wiggins and Poole and um sometimes even Steph, uh, like he's been blocking their shots. So they they got they're forced to they can't really get anything inside and they're forced to settle for these jumpers. Um and at times it could be bad shots, but that is that is the presence and impact of Robert Williams. So and and here's one uh, I think like a phenomenon with this series. The Celtics defensive plan, which is if you don't know, through the first four games, the Celtics have run this. They've run drop coverage. Now, <laughs> and, and, and honestly, here's the thing. A lot of people like a lot of people are probably wondering why in the hell the Celtics continue to run this drop coverage, because this is not Miami. This is not this is not the Bucks. Like you, you have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, two of the best shooters of all time I, some would argue the two best shooters of all time and then also Jordan Poole can really shoot the ball as well and the Warriors as a team is they're, like they're pretty good offensively so why are you running this drop coverage now there is some pros and there is some cons to Boston running this drop coverage and I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the pros I don't, and, and that's, and get this, hear me out. I'm not saying the pros outweigh the cons, but here are the pros and here are the cons. The The pros to Boston running such a deep drop coverage on Golden State offensively, it's, it's not allowing Draymond to have these full on three opportunity situations that you usually see him have in half court. So he's not getting no he's not getting that same four on three opportunities. And as I told you guys, in terms of high ball screen, uh the Warriors, they were they 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 set the fewest amount of high ball screens in the league. Like this past year they set the fewest amount of high ball screens. So maybe that's why Boston is going with the drop coverage look. I still I don't really can I don't really think they should be running this drop coverage because of the cons I'm about to mention. But that's one of the pros. Another pro to Boston running this drop coverage is it's forcing Golden State and their perimeter players to take and make really tough shots. And they have to create those shots themselves. And this isn't the style of play that Golden State plays. Golden State led the league in assist percentage this year. And historically, with this Steve Kerr, like this this Warriors nucleus, they have always been a team that have had a free-flowing offense, not really heavy on the isolation. So they're definitely, they're offensively, 
they the 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 ball movement, those backdoor cuts, those pin downs, those screens that lead to layups and dunks and efficient shots. Golden State is not getting those same type of looks at the same rate that we're used to them seeing. So that, that's two key major things where Golden State usually have an advantage and they usually pick apart defenses based off of Draymond being able to create. Draymond has these four and three opportunities. And then their perimeter players, um, this their like their motion offense is very free flowing, but it's not the same free flowing offense with this drop coverage. Now here is the downside to this drop coverage. Here's the downside to Boston running such a deep drop coverage, and this is why you probably not you probably continue to see Golden State go back at it. But Golden State literally, there were times in Game Four where Golden State literally hunted Al Horford. They was literally hunting out for Al Horford defensively and in pick and roll situations because Al Horford, even, I mean, from game one to two, three, four, every game in the series, Al Horford has been below the three-point line when defending the screen and roll. And obviously you have to be higher than that when guarding Steph Curry. You have to be higher than that. And then the very few times where he gets higher than that, Steph blows right by him. So the Celtics, so this drop coverage, when you run drop coverage, here's the catch-22 to this to Boston running this drop coverage. You're letting two of the best shooters of all time come clear off of screens in pin downs where the only pressure in terms of, you know, contesting the shot is from behind. But other than that, you're letting two of the best shooters and Steph and Klay Thompson come off of screens, clear daylight, clear vision, clear sight of the basket, and they're killing you. And it's more so Steph, with Steph, with Steph being able to create off the dribble, coming off of those screens, and Al Horford, like I said, Al Horford's, Below the three-point line, when Steph is rising to his shot, he doesn't see that contest. You have to close that with great shooters. You have to close the airspace. You got to keep that. You got to keep the space airtight. You cannot come off the body of shooters. But when you see what you, if you just go back and look at the tape, or even if Boston, we'll see if Boston continue to run this drop coverage in Game Five. But if you continue to, if they continue to do it, you can see them that like, hey, you know, they, they ain't, these guys are coming off of clear screens, letting it go. And to that point, Steph killed them. Steph continues to kill the Celtics due to this. It's one of the main reasons why Steph is killing the Celtics and he's doing it in an efficient manner. Now, Clay Thompson, on the other hand, he hasn't. He, he did. He played a little bit better in Game Four. He had 18 points, but he hasn't quite had. I mean, he hasn't had the success that Steph has had. But it wouldn't surprise me if later down the stretch of this series, where if Clay can find some way to hit shots consistently, like I'm. I mean, and for me, I'm just with the way how the Celtics are playing this drop coverage. I'm just waiting for 
Clay Thompson to have like that statement game, that big game. I, I'm waiting for it. I think I think could he have a game where he puts in five, six three pointers? I think he can with the way how the way how how Boston is paying such a deep drop coverage. Um, and and I keep telling you like with Golden State, this kind of goes back to my execution point. With Boston, they struggle to be consistent. Boston, they can't play two back-to-back game, two back-to-back good games to save their lives. Literally, the Brooklyn series, they played all of the games they want. Like they they swept Brooklyn. They played great in every game of that series. And then game six and game seven of the Milwaukee series, they played really good. Outside of that, in this playoff run, the Celtics struggle majorly, big time, to play and put together two back-to-back good games. And that's the key for Golden State. If Golden State can just keep it close, if Golden State can keep it close, I think their execution can prevail because Boston is prone to just give it up. Like, Boston is prone to just choke it away. Like, they're prone to. And I, like I said, I think Boston has way more. I think they have more two-way talent. I think they might even be the better team. But they lack this execution. And if and, I, and people ask me, like, how can Golden State win this series? How can they win these games? And I'm like, if they can keep it close, Boston, at some point, they – they're going to squander it because they they struggle down the stretch and their decision-making offensively is so questionable, so questionable from, from top to bottom. So with Boston, persistently throughout this postseason, they have consistently shown me their inconsistent play of this one game. They look like the best team in basketball. Another game, they look like they're okay. They look like they're, they look they're like a decent basketball team. So, I, I, like this up and down play, like Boston. I mean, probably at their best, like at their best, they're probably the best team in basketball. What they can do to you defensively, and then if they're getting some offensive production and they're taking care of the basketball, they're probably the best team in basketball at their best. But how many times do they reach their best? And I just can't depend on their inconsistency because Boston consistently has been inconsistent. Like, that's that, that's one thing you can count on. That's one thing you can count on with these Celtics. And these Celtics, I, I believe in their roster construction. I think they have more two-way talent than the Celtics. I've said, hey, you got. I know. I keep saying it, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna continue to stress it. It's not that I don't think Boss has a chance to win this series. I think Boss has a hell of a chance to win this series. Like I said, I believe in their roster construction. Uh, I think Ma Udoka. I, I believe in you. I be. I believe in Udoka. Um, I think they have more two way talent than Golden State. And, and and with that, I think they have the ability to be more versatile than Golden State. So, Boston definitely can win this series. But like I said, 
consistently they have shown their inconsistent play throughout the postseason. Um, and with Brown and Tatum, like I said, it, it really starts from the top in terms of taking care of the basketball and decision making. Um, and this is what if you're the Celtics, you want you want to get out to a pretty good start and you want to get out to a pretty decent lead. The Celtics all throughout this postseason have really, really struggled through, you know, they have really struggled in close games. The Celtics have a negative net rating in clutch moments. So clutch moments is five point game under five minutes. That is what that is what's defined as quote unquote a clutch moment. And Throughout these different variations and situations throughout the postseason, the, the Celtics have a negative net rating. And a lot of this comes from bad shot selection. A lot of this comes from, uh, uh, you know, sloppy ball handling at times from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And then the decision-making is rushed and forced, and the decision-making goes array, and you can't let go to get in transition. Boston is not really good in transition at all. Defensively, they're not a good transition team. So they can't allow Golden State to get these live ball turnovers and Golden State to get free offense. So the key for the Celtics in terms of game five, the key for the Celtics, they have to limit their turnovers. The turnover, the the magic number for them is 16. If they have 16 or less turnovers, they are going to be fine. If they have 16 or more turnovers, that's a problem for the Celtics because then you're, you're you're letting Golden State dictate the pace of the game. You're letting them get out in transition, getting some free, easy offense. Um, and some and most and a lot of times that's getting like like that's getting their shooters warmed up. That's getting Steph warmed up. That's getting Clay warmed up. These guys are getting warmed up, and it's just it's just like target practice and transition when you when you get when you let them get transition buckets. So that 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 that's one huge key for Boston. They have to take care of the basketball, but then. For Boston, uh, even in Game Four, they had they like throughout most throughout most of the game, uh, they had like a six point lead, a seven point lead, but they were never able to break and stretch the lead further than that. And then as the game got closer in the fourth quarter, as the moment started to wane down the stretch, Golden State. Would they, they eventually close that six-point gap, and then they took the lead, and then that's where we have a whole different ball game because, like I said, down the stretch, the Celtics have had issues, a lot of issues with closing basketball games. A lot of issues with closing basketball games. And I know some I know some Buck fans, I know some Heat fans, and I, I know I know those fan bases are like. How can Boston be as good as they are, or how can Boston be this good of a basketball team, but they consistently struggle down the stretch? And you have to ask yourself, like, usually championship-caliber teams and really, really good teams don't seem to have so many issues down the stretch. In Boston, they lack they lack execution in close, in tight moments. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about Boston and close. Like, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's a stigma. I don't know what happens to their to their, to their young guys. I don't know if they get tight. But their execution in waning moments 
in, in, in clutch situations is just not there. And that's the and, and this goes back to my key with Golden State. If Golden State can just keep the game at arm's length, if they don't let Boston break away with a 15, 16-point lead, if they can just keep the game in arm's length and, and, and coming down the stretch, if they can just keep the game close, I think Golden State, this is this is why I'm picking Golden State to win the series. Because think about it. And game five is going to be really interesting. Game five is going to tell us a lot, too. Every game has really showed us a lot. But game five, Boston is really good off of losses. They haven't lost a back-to-back game yet in this postseason. And if I'm if if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. But if I'm not mistaken, Boston hasn't lost a back-to-back game since January. So Boston is really, really strong and really difficult to beat coming off of a loss. It's, and it's, it's like what I said on a couple on a couple episodes ago. When Boston, when the when the expectations is high for when the expectations are high for Boston, or when the, or when Boston is like the favorites, they typically play down to the competition and they 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 play below expectations. But when Boston had their back against the wall, when Boston isn't the favorite, when nobody's like thinking Boston's gonna win, they come out and they look like the best basketball team in the world. So we we'll see if this trend continues with Boston not losing uh back to back games. Well, with Golden State, if they can keep the game close, they will have a good shot to win these games because because they're going to execute. They're going to simply execute better down the stretch. They have they have savvy and seasoned veterans. I think they have the best player on the floor. They're going to seize the opportunity and execute better in these clutch moments, and I think I think essentially that's what it comes down to. And I think this series, the the games in this series, it shows you. Golden State has one blowout win. Both teams have well, Boston kind of have two blowout wins. Both of their wins have been like they broke the game open. Uh, that's what Boston did in game one in the fourth quarter. They broke the game open. They came back down from 14, and then they broke the game open with a historical fourth quarter. Uh, and then in game three at home, they they, they 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 broke the game open and, and you know, they blew out Golden State. With Golden State, they have one blowout win, but these next couple of games of this series, let's see if these games are close. Because if these, if the next couple games in this series, let's say it goes seven games, if the next three games are really close games, I think Golden State wins two out of the three. Because I I trust Golden State more in clutch and in, in, in dire situations. I I trust them more. I trust them more than I do with than than, than Boston. So if the next three games are relatively close, if the next three games look like game four, where it was close, nip and tuck, both teams are keeping each other within arm's length, I think Golden State wins the next two out of three games. I think I, I just think that's how it goes. Also, it's important to note that Golden State has two home games. They have two more home games in this series. So we'll see how this thing plays out. I think this series has been really, really interesting. Um, but in terms of Draymond, like I said, and you guys keep an eye out for this. 
let's see if Boston continue to run this drop, this deep drop coverage. Because, like I said, the the drop coverage that Boston is playing, first of all, nobody does. Like I want, I want you guys to understand, nobody runs drop coverage versus the Warriors. Like it's 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 a it's not it doesn't happen. I think the only time I can remember a team running drop coverage on the Warriors with Steph and Clay, I think was in back in 2019, I think, 2019, 2018, where the Blazers was running drop coverage because Ennis Cantor physically couldn't just he couldn't come up to the three-point line. I think that was the only time where like team so like this is a remedy. Teams don't defenses don't run drop coverage versus Golden State because it can because like you 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 know you're letting these shooters come off of clear you know you coming off these screens and these shooters have clear daylight at the rim. So like this usually doesn't happen. So we'll see if Boston continues to run this deep coverage. Um, I think with the the approach to this is Udoka is expecting Boston offense. He's focusing more on Boston offense because he's like, okay, the defense will come. We'll get stops. We're good enough to get stops. But I I don't know because it is limiting Golden State, their ball movement. It is cut. It is, it is messing up the rhythm of their offense. Um, and it's not allowing Draymond to get these four on three opportunities. And that's, that's kind of a major indicator as to why Draymond is really struggling in this series because – they're taking those type. The Boston's taking away those type of opportunities, and like, nah, Boston, like, nah, he's not gonna beat us like that. Um, so we'll see. But on the flip side of that, Golden State and their shooters, especially Steph Curry, has just beasted and feasted on this drop coverage, especially Al Horford. So we'll see if we'll see if um if they continue to run the deep if they if they continue to run this deep drop coverage but I'll, but without further ado I'm going to let you guys go like I said I didn't want to be too long uh game 5 I'm excited for game 5 uh, I'll be back on Wednesday to break down game 5 any more basketball or football news uh as you guys know it as you guys may please um like I said shout out to everybody listening greatly appreciate it uh, and we'll be back. Enjoy the rest of the finals. Uh, see you on Wednesday. Always remember two choices, one decision. I'm out. Peace. Gone. Deuces.